good to be here with you guys again, being able to, uh, yeah, bring the Bible and explain a bit of it to you. Um, I'm really excited about tonight's passage, so it'll be good to dig into it. Um, Now, a lot of you guys are uh, heading towards the end of school, and so having to uh, think about how to do exams, and your teachers are like, now remember, you've got like two hours to do three essays, so spend 40 minutes on this, and 40 minutes on this, or 40 minutes on this, or whatever it is. That's what my English paper two exam was like, so I remembered I had 40 minutes for each of my essays in that subject, and I was like, okay, 40 minutes, and so they said, so if you get to 40 minutes and you're not done one of the essays, if you keep going, you're going to run out of your time. So you just keep going, you just go to the next one, come back to that if you can, go to the next one. I was like, cool. So sat down in English paper two, had that in my mind, ready, sat down, and then there was this girl who was sitting diagonal, and she was just like, yeah, calm, writing, seemed fine. I was like, man, she's really cool about this. Don't worry about it. Just focus on what you're doing. Kept writing. 40 minutes. Next one. 40 minutes went again. And then this girl just started looking through her papers. and was like, oh, cool. And started doing that thing that I've never had time in an exam to do, to just start adding sentences and like little words. I was like, how has she got time to do this? She's got a whole 40 minutes left. She's done all three essays. Which is like, okay, just forget it. And then all of a sudden she looks up and she's like, how long is there to go? And the exam person up the front's like, uh, 15 minutes left. And she's like, what? And she's like, no, no, there's an hour left. And she's like, no, there's 15 minutes left. Her watch had stopped with an hour left to go in her English HSC exam she had entirely just not done an essay. So she was just writing words. I don't think they made sense. She was just like, Hamlet, Shakespeare. And just like, didn't make any sense. She was just like, just got to get something down. And she was tears streaming down her face. I felt so bad for her. She didn't at all understand how much time left she had. And it messed her up. Now, what we're going to look at tonight in 1 Peter 4, Peter's saying something similar to us. It's really easy for us to not realise how much time we've got left, and if we don't, we can waste our time because of it. What Peter is saying here, have a look at verse 7, is that the end of all things is near. Everything else we're going to look at tonight comes out of the fact that the end of all things is near. He warns people, he reminds people of that, and says you need to listen up. The end of all things is near. Now, that might be something that you've either heard and doesn't seem right, and so you just kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. End of all things is near. And what that means when the Bible's talking about is the fact that one day we're all going to stand before Jesus and he's going to judge us for what we've done with him, whether we've accepted him, whether we've trusted him, or whether we haven't. The end of all things is near. So that's what that's referring to. And Peter says, because of that, you need to do all these things. Now, that doesn't always seem like the case for us. We're like, like, this was written 2,000 years ago. Doesn't sound like the end of all things is that near. This was written 2,000 years ago, and he called that near. It could be forever away. I don't really need to listen to that. Not that important. But since then, millions of people have died 
and will stand before Jesus. Now, either Jesus will return or that will be us. And so that means that we all need to understand how much time, how little time we have left. Because if we don't, we'll waste our time. And so to get into that, we're just going to look through this passage, and there's three things that I'm keen to help pull out with you guys that Peter says, because the end of all things is near, that we need to do. First, we should be alert. Second, we should love. Third, we should serve. That's what we're going to hit up. So first, the end of everything is near, so be alert. Have a look at the rest of verse 7 there. So the end of all things is near... Therefore, be alert and of sober mind. So everything's going to end, and the first thing that Peter says because of that is be alert, be of sober mind. So pretty much think clearly. The opposite of being drunk-minded, be clear thinking. Think clearly about the time that we're in. Now, that's hard to do. What he's saying is remember that there isn't much time left. Be alert, think clearly about that. As we said, that's hard to do. Sometimes we go, there's, there could be, I could have another 70 years here. The end of that, that's not that near. But that's presuming. We don't know how long we've got. We don't know how long until Jesus comes back. We need to remind ourselves, we need to think clearly and go, the end is near. And even if it is 70 years that you've got, that will go quickly. That is still relatively near. It doesn't feel like it. feel like you've got ages. You won't. And so he says, think clearly. Now, when I was growing up, I had a whole lot of things that I was obsessed with. And I feel like everyone does, like, little phases they go through. So I remember I was obsessed with dinosaurs for a while. And there was these magazines you could get and you could slowly build, like, a T-Rex skeleton thing that glowed in the dark. And then I was obsessed with space for a while. And then I remember there was this phase where, for some reason, I was obsessed with the Titanic, and that's weird. But I guess dinosaurs is weird as well, because both of them about about a lot of things dying. So I don't really know why people get obsessed with either. But I was obsessed with the Titanic and everything about it. I, and I think I found it interesting because people were so sure that this ship was going to be fine. People were so sure that this ship was going to make it on its voyage and couldn't possibly sink and did. Now, one of the things that I remember about it was... That, that I remember that stuck out to me, was there was a bunch of people who heard that the ship was sinking and just were like, yeah, okay, let's go to the bar. And that was their answer. They're about to die. And what did they do? They just went to the bar. That's what they decided to do. They, they found out there wasn't much time left, and that was their answer. And that's the answer of so many people around us. And that's the thing that we can naturally go to as well. Not much time left. Might as well enjoy myself. But that doesn't make any sense when there's lifeboats. When there's even the possibility that we could be saved. We need to think clearly because the end of all things is near. Don't get distracted. Now there's a bunch of ways that we need to be alert, be sober-minded, be focused because the end is near. First, 
Because the end of all things is near, and as I said, that means that Jesus, we're all going to stand before Jesus, every one of us, all people will. That means that there are millions, billions of people on this planet who, when they stand before Jesus, don't trust him and so aren't going to be right with him. That means if there's not much time left, we need to talk to those people. The people that are in your school, in your class, your family, your neighbours. When was the last time you invited somebody to youth or asked them what they thought about Jesus? We always say that. Have you invited anyone to youth lately? You know the gospel. You can chat to them as well. You don't have to invite them to youth for them to hear who Jesus is. It's an easy way to do it and help them hear it. But if you're a Christian, if you trust Jesus, you, you know about it. You can still talk to people. When was the last time you talked to someone about it? If the answer to that makes you feel a bit guilty, is probably because either you haven't realised or forgotten how close the end is. Tell people about Jesus. They need it. And for those of you who don't yet trust Jesus yourself, if this is true, if there's even the smallest chance that this is true, you need to look into it. Do that. What could stop you from looking into it? If it's true, it will not just be life-changing, it will be eternity-changing for you. There is evidence, and we're keen to talk to you about it. Come chat to me, chat to your leader, chat to a mate that brought you. If you don't trust Jesus and the end is near, you need to know about that. And you need to start trusting Jesus. Uh, For those who do trust in Jesus, another thing that we need to do is we need to be making a priority to actually come to youth and come to G-teams. Because it is so easy to get distracted by this world and to forget how close the end is, the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 10 says, one of the ways, one of the remedies against that is to just gather together, to be reminding each other, to be encouraging each other. Now, it can be easy for us to go, oh, I'm busy you guys are finishing school, so you're thinking, oh, I need to study, or I've got this other thing on, or it's, it's hard for me to get there. If this is the thing, if this is something that God has made to help us encourage and remind each other, what is important enough that could stop us coming? What's important enough that can stop you coming to G-teams or to youth? These are the people that can help encourage you and remind you how urgent this is. Make it a priority. Make it the priority on Friday nights. Be alert, because the end is near. Now, second thing Peter tells us here is because the end is near, love. Look at verse 8. So above all, love each other deeply. Now, again, that's a really helpful reminder. It doesn't sound like it makes sense in our heads that the connection between the end of all things is near, so love. That doesn't sound like an automatic thing, a connection for us. But again, Peter's trying to shift our minds to not think about the now, not to think about ourselves, but to have God's priorities. Remember eternity. Love each other deeply. 
it's human nature. And that's not just a, an excuse. The Bible says it is human nature to be selfish, to think of ourselves first and foremost. We need to fight to love each other, to be thinking of others before ourselves, to, to be caring for people. And have a look at what he continues there in saying. So, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Love covers over a multitude of sins. And I think that's talking about us with each other. Now, yes, there's, a, there's another way that Jesus' love covers over our sins when we trust him. But I think in context here, he's been talking about how we treat each other. So I think that's what he's talking about here. And he says, love covers over a multitude of sins. Now, what I think he's talking about there is, it's really easy for us when we're not not loving to those people around us to get annoyed at what they might be saying or doing because it affects us. But if we're loving them, if you're loving the people around you, and I've noticed this in myself, then those little things that people are doing, yeah, they might be doing it. It might not be right that they're doing it. But is it a big deal? If you love them, if it's just a thing that you're annoyed at, it's it's easy to not get annoyed at it. It's far easier to not snap at them, to just go, okay, love, don't hold myself up as I need to protect myself and keep myself comfortable. Love them. Now, imagine being, again, on the Titanic and someone that you're with has said, okay, hurry up, hurry up, need to get to a lifeboat. In that time, would you be like, oh, come on, like, I'm, I'm trying. That doesn't make much sense. In those sorts of life and death situations, when you know how close the end is, you're not going to get annoyed at people for little things like that. But we're quick to snap. We're quick to get narky at people, even if it's just in our heads to think badly of other people. But God said, that's not how we're supposed to be living. We are supposed to be people of love. Now, one of the big ways that I think this plays out here at youth is how are you going at getting to know other people, particularly people who are new? Now, if you're new, this is your first night, or you haven't been in a while, I'm sorry that I'm going to be talking about you for a while. So if someone comes up and does chat to you later, don't think it's weird or it's just because I've said it, that person's now going out of their way, be nice to them. But if you are new, if you've come new to something recently, you'll know that it can actually be really awkward. You come to this new place in a big building, a whole lot of people you might not know, that can be weird. It can make a huge difference if you're loving and just go up and chat to them. If you feel awkward about that, just grab somebody, one of your friends, and go, look, do you know that person? Nah, cool, let's just go over and meet them. If they're not new, you've met someone, and you've still helped them enjoy their night. Invite them to come hang out with you, whatever you are doing later as we're hanging out in the foyer. Chat to them if you see them next week. Love each other. That is a huge way that we can love each other, and by not doing it, can make people feel really unloved when they come to youth. Love each other. And how do you go at reacting to what people are saying? 
Do you get annoyed at people really easily? Even if you don't show it, do you get annoyed? Love them. Don't think first and foremost about your own priorities, your own comfort. Love. Jesus, who is God, humbled himself because of love to death so that we could be saved. If our God is able to humble himself and show that love, that, that's a model for us, what he's called us to do. Third, the end is near, and so we're called to serve. Out of love, we serve. Check out verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Now, I'm just going to stop there. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Now, if you're someone who trusts in Jesus, this is addressed to you. And you might not feel like you've received it actually before that. This might be weird language to if you're new here. Bible talks about gifts that God's given us, gifts that he has given us to help serve each other, to help build the church, that he's given us those gifts so that we can do those things. That's what it's talking about here. And he says, whatever gift you have received, not if you've received a gift, not if you've noticed that you've got a gift, whatever gift you have received, that means you have a gift. If you're someone who trusts in Jesus, you've got something that can help encourage or serve or something those around you, that can help those around you, that can help people come to know Jesus better. There's a whole range of gifts. How do you know what those are? I'll talk about that in a sec. Keep going in verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. That's the purpose of the gift. It's not for ourselves. We haven't re- this isn't the sort of gift like you get at Christmas that might just be for you. This is a gift that you're supposed to use for other people's sake. And remember, it's, it's not something that is an inherent thing that we that can be proud of because it's a gift. It's something God's given us. And it's a gift God's given us to serve others. Now, again, I've noticed a lot of my things that I... A lot of my illustrations are from when I was a kid... I don't know why, they just are. When I was a kid, I was a very hungry child. Still, still like eating, but I was a very hungry child. And my parents had this system that they did not tell me about. Every Easter, they would give me, as I was an only child, they would give me all the Easter eggs that was for everybody. I think it was to trick me into making me think that I was getting more Easter eggs than I actually was, but so they would put mums and dads and mine all out in the lounge room and be like, hey, here's your Easter eggs but they knew growing up I wouldn't be able to eat them all, and so they would get Easter eggs. That was the system. I didn't know this was the system. Then one year, I think I was like 9 or 10, and I was getting bigger, and I woke up earlier than they did, and I was just like, these are all my Easter eggs. Awesome. And so I just ate all of the Easter eggs. (laughs) I was just like, this is the best. I'm just going to, yeah, this will be great. And so I ate all of them. And then my mum came out, and she's like, oh, Oh, there is the chocolate in the fridge. I was like, oh, there's chocolate in the fridge as well? That's awesome. She's like, what do you mean as well? I was like, oh, uh, the stuff out here. She's like, so what happened to the stuff out here? It's like, I, I ate I ate it. It was my chocolate. So that, that was our chocolate. Like, 
my defense didn't tell me that was the system, that was their fault. <laughs> but that was a gift that apparently was supposed to be for everybody. This is similar, except God has actually told us the gifts that we're given are supposed to be for other people. We already know that here. Now, back to that question, how do you know what your gift is? Now, if you can play an instrument or something like that, there's some gifts that are obvious, that are more obvious than others, that God has given you. That can be a gift that you can use to encourage people to worship God in song. But if you haven't got anything like that, like, I didn't know if I had any gifts. I was like, I just don't know what I can do. I don't know what I can do that can be helpful. So what did I do? I started teaching at EV Kids, and I found out what my gifts were. The way that I found out what gifts I had was just by serving, and eventually I worked out that I was an idiot, and so kids enjoyed that. So they kept coming because they had a good time, and eventually they heard about Jesus. So I had a gift of being an idiot, (laughs) and that was my gift that I gave to the church. But we have all sorts of gifts. I, I could lead a Bible study for kids. That I found out that I could actually do that. I wasn't perfect, but I could. And I started serving in a bunch of areas, and I worked out things that I could and things that I couldn't do. And even music, what I said before, sometimes that is an obvious one, but sometimes it's not. I've heard of a bunch of people who just saw that there was a need, and so just learnt an instrument, because they needed an instrument played up the front. I think it's easy to go, okay, where are my gifts? Tell me what my gifts are, these are what I've got, cool. Just jump into it. Don't wait to be on the connecting team at youth to help connect people in. Just start doing it. God might have given you a gift in that. Just start serving. If you're keen to do that, just start. If you're keen to do it formally, chat to your leader. We've got heaps of areas that we'd love you to help out with. The end is near. We need to work hard. It's easy to think as a teenager, you don't necessarily have to. I'm still in school. I'm at youth. I come to this. God uses you. God wants to and has given you gifts to help build his church. The end is near. Use your gifts for those around you. How can you be serving God more? The end of everything is coming soon. Now, it won't be long, as I said before, it might feel like it, but it won't be long before you stand before Jesus. If you don't trust him yet, you need to look into who he is. Please do that. If you do already trust him, stay focused. Love each other and serve Peter wrote this because he didn't want Christians to waste the short time that they had. I'm up here telling you this because I don't want any of us to waste the short time that we have left. What can you do in that time? Pray with me. God, thank you so much that you've given us your word so that we can see these truths like the fact that The end of all things is coming. Lord, we pray that you'll be helping us to live in light of that, that we won't get distracted by the world. Lord, help us to love each other, 
and help us to serve. Lord, we pray that you'll be working through us for your glory so that more and more people can be coming to know who you are. Amen.